0: Hello and welcome to Cloud9fin, the podcast for credit professionals and indeed anyone with a passing interest in the world's oldest and largest asset class. I'm Will Kajer-Smith and this week I'm welcoming another Cloud9fin first-timer, Shubham Saharan, who covers private credit. So welcome, Shubham.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Good to have you in the studio, and also we've got our colleague and Cloud9fin veteran William Hoffman on the line from out in Cleveland, Ohio, so thanks for joining us, William. Thanks, glad to be back on the pod. All right, so this week we're talking about artificial intelligence, which has been talked about a lot, so sorry, we're doing it again, Um, but specifically we're going to talk about what the recently rapid rise of more accessible AI tools like ChatGPT and BARD and that kind of thing could mean for junior employees at investment banks and other financial institutions. So William and Shubham, you guys wrote a big piece on this that went out earlier this week on Ninefin. I know you spoke to a lot of sources for it, so I'll leave it to you to set the scene. Um, but William, maybe you could start by just outlining how people within finance have reacted to the quite kind of sudden emergence of chat GPT and other tools like
2: it. Yeah, this one sort of started out with the uh, trip to L.A. at the Milken Conference, uh, I believe it was last month, um, and something about maybe the California Sun had uh, New York finance types kind of extra extra reflective on sort of the future of the industry and, I don't know, just looking high level at everything. So, AI was kind of a point of discussion um, for a lot of these panels. Uh, we had executives at uh, BlackRock and Carlisle uh, both said that they were sort of testing these like internal chat GPT like systems um, on their own finance models that they they seem to have good promising, uh, you know, early results that they were gushing about at the conference. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, we also started noticing it come up on earnings calls um, in docs. And so it just seemed like a good time to kind of dive into this world and see, you know, how folks on, uh, on the other end are kind of feeling behind the curtains, uh, you know, behind all this uh, uh, fluff of, of how promising the technology is. So um you know from a high level the answer is sort of that you know most people expect cuts to uh junior analyst roles uh you know at banks at investment firms um but there's still going to be some sort of role for the analyst uh in some capacity the question is sort of what does that what are those duties and responsibilities sort of look like going forward Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense and
0: so shubham you spoke to a lot of junior bankers about some of the kind of uh Wrote tasks they feel could be automated by AI. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of examples of those, so can you give some more detail on that?
1: Yeah, so I think it's pretty typical, but a lot of these junior bankers spend most of their days formatting pitch decks. Mm -hmm. They're all hours of the night and day, they're moving around logos, making sure fonts, colors, text, picture sizes, those are all perfect, down to the T of what um, their more senior managers want.
0: Down to the pixel.
1: Literally the pixel. And so, you know, they're double, triple, quadruple checking numbers that are in a model. They're doing more of that auditing work. And so what they're hoping is some of that gets automated and eliminated.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of bankers we speak to have their own war stories from their junior analyst days, kind of frantically running around getting pitch decks printed and bound and pulling all-nighters to put together a presentation the weekend before a roadshow and i'm sure some of our listeners may have seen that horrible episode of the tv show industry uh with a really tragic storyline about the pressure on junior bankers over tiny often very trivial seeming details like font sizes or the formatting of bullet points and that kind of thing and it's kind of interesting we're now suddenly talking about all of that stuff that has been quite a fundamental part of the junior banker experience maybe being automated
1: right and i think that's the typical almost camp esque characterization nature that you hear about as your early years as a banker. You're at the beck and call of your associates, your VPs, every hour of the day. Mm-hmm. You're pulling those out all-nighters. You're putting changes on spreadsheets. You're editing slideshows. And the detail-oriented nature of the work, that's what's drilled into you. Mm-hmm. And so we had a chance to chat with a lot of those senior bankers as well. And they all the stories that they tell is how much of their early days in banking was taken up by one pagers and slideshows. And as one of them who's sort of gone through that experience and the gauntlet come out the other side, it's often characterized as backbreaking work for the sake of giving someone backbreaking work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now there's a chance that all of that gets automated.
0: Right. So if all that stuff gets done by AI, what could that enable these juniors to do with all of the time that they're potentially saving?
1: Right. So I think what they want to be doing is eliminating some of those more tedious manual tasks and then freeing themselves up to do a lot more of the analysis. They want to be interfacing with clients, getting their hands dirty with the work and the decision making that they would otherwise be doing in their second, third year or beyond.
0: Mm-hmm. OK. Um, all right. So a few thoughts on that. But I want to kick off with this one, which is that this all sounds very promising, but there are also some funny stories and also some like, you know, pretty bad horror stories about the mistakes that tools like chat gpt can make i mean people talk about how the ai often hallucinates facts out of thin air or just confidently provides answers that are actually totally false basically you just you can't really trust this technology yet and you have to sort of oversee it very closely um, so William, maybe you can talk
2: about some of these risks in the sort of finance space. Yeah. I mean, these AI tools, they're, they're confident liars at the moment. I mean, one <laughs> of my favorite examples that I saw was, uh, you know, Microsoft's AI chatbot on Bing, uh, someone was talking with it basically, and was asking for movie times for the latest avatar movie. And they had a pretty like moody back and forth with the AI <laughs> who claimed it was 2022 that the movie hadn't come out yet and <laughs> called him, uh, <laughs> You know, he was just disagreeing with the guy the whole whole way through, and it was very lifelike and stuff. And so these are sort of like innocuous, you know, examples of getting facts wrong. But you know, these these documents are um, rely on these hyper specific details. Um, you can't get anything wrong. Any smallest detail can be um, quite quite monumental. Yeah, you de- definitely can't get a date wrong, right? <laughs> exactly. If we're getting dates wrong at this point, you know, you know what are what if you're trying to get like leverage levels or something? So, um, mm-hmm. you know. This is no different than any other technology we've seen today. Like, you know, my smartphone is pretty powerful, but it has its errors. You know, we still have editors here at Ninfin. There's there's grammar check, but that's that doesn't really do the trick. So, um, you know, I think that's why most bankers are saying that there needs to be some sort of humor, human intervention still to, to check AI. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Is the kind of old adage of someone has to watch the machine and sort of tend to it and make sure it doesn't tweak out, um, which... Totally makes sense. But then again, so far, everything we've been discussing here about the implications of AI and finance is on the kind of practical side. Um, But I also feel like there's a philosophical side to this as well. Like if you think about investment banks specifically, um, just just to kind of like hone in on on them for a moment, these are very large institutions. And for better or worse, they have a very specific culture to them. And during the pandemic, for example, there was a lot of debate about how the social side of banking culture the kind of I guess you could call it situational assimilation that you pick up in the workplace almost by osmosis just being surrounded by colleagues that was sort of really damaged by the pandemic because everyone was working from home and it sort of laid bare um, the some of the um, the more drudge work kind of realities of, of, of the industry and You've now seen banks push very hard for people to come back to the office. They were some of the the first institutions to to go quite gung ho on that and now you've got AI coming along and threatening to automate some of the rote tasks that are currently a kind of essential part of the baby banker boot camp like like you were saying and I can imagine some more seasoned finance professionals thinking, well first of all, you know these guys are going to have it way easier than I did when I was an analyst um but also <laughs> More kind of more crucially, where are our juniors going to learn the discipline that is required to be a successful investment banker if software is doing all the grunt work for them, and what kind of impact is that going to going to have on our kind of workplace culture?
2: Yeah, some of the more senior folks that I talked to were quite concerned about this. Um, they don 't feel like the the next class needs to go through. Uh, the same rigors that they went through necessarily. These are going to be tools that help out um, a lot of these more junior folks, but they do feel that there's value in the basics. Mm -hmm. Uh, They feel that there's, uh, you know, value in going through these, these steps and processes. So, um, you know, I think it's still a a learning process. A lot of the banks are still figuring out like how to implement these trainings. They're going to have to change their, their training models. It might not be so much of the the grunt work anymore, but they're going to have to figure out how to instill those same, um, values and processes um, that make good senior bankers good senior bankers down the road and how to train them for that success Um, I think they just uh, simply don't know what that looks like at the moment Mm -hmm. yeah like like attention to detail for example is one of those values that we talked about earlier
1: yeah and I think that exactly as William was saying there is that sort of art of deal making that isn't something that AI can replicate with its science so you know sources that we've talked to have noted how experienced bankers really build up this finely tuned sense of judgment over time from doing those seemingly simple tasks, those detail-oriented um, tasks that everyone is made to do when they're a junior banker.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and so, and on the investing side, that's true as well, right? You right. get that kind of spidey sense with, with time.
1: Exactly. It's that gut instinct. And so what we are hearing about, as both of you have kind of alluded to, is the new question that the industry is facing is how do we train these new joiners and the younger generations who are coming about to really develop that gut sense because you're not necessarily given the opportunities to do it if you have a bot that can spit the same thing out in five seconds. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I I think all of this has some broader implications around essentially career paths in finance, not just in the sense that AI can maybe reduce junior headcount which means there's maybe fewer junior jobs to go around but also in the sense that you know how, how do you find a way to gain that valuable experience that can not just help develop that kind of gut instinct and and that um spidey sense or whatever but ha- how how can you find experiences that make you stand out from the crowd in, in a potentially more kind of narrowed field basically so um yeah i mean william do you have any any thoughts on that side of things
2: yeah, it's a, it's a smaller pool of uh, candidates, right? So you're going to have to stand out in in that uh, smaller field. Yeah, um, and it's going to be harder to even to get in the door in the first place. Um, but I think you know a lot of folks would say that these are times that you know innovation really shines. You know, some junior banker, some college student right now could be thinking of new ways that you know someone in. Morgan Stanley office or Bank of America office, like isn't even thinking of right now um, and how to use these tools in new ways that that could change could change things. So uh, it's an opportunity. Mm. Uh, It's harder, but it's an opportunity to to really make a name for yourself in that way. Um, I think there's also an, an element here that not all of the um, experience needs to come on Wall Street. You know, someone mentioned to me, you know, there's there's a lot of companies out in. You know, other parts of the coast, middle America, you know, manufacturing jobs, uh, back office jobs, uh, treasury departments at at large retailers, you know, you can get experience in in these back office jobs um, and then, you know, maybe take that experience to Wall Street where uh, you'll be covering, say, retail or covering manufacturing and have the experience on the ground to, to contribute in that way as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And you made a really good point there, I think, which is that... Um, uh you you could argue that some of the um the sort of rising class of, of future um finance professionals are, are slightly more native with this kind of technology than um some of the, the people who are further along in their careers uh so you know maybe that gives them something of a, of an advantage um compared to to older people maybe um but there there's also you know the, the the field is narrowed or potentially will narrow if if AI takes over some of those analyst jobs and i i wonder William, you talked about, um, you know, the the banks kind of narrow, narrowing the the, the pool um, of, of future kind of uh, future banking talent. But there's also some considerations from the employees perspective, right?
1: Yeah, I think the competition isn't just heating up for those who want to enter the industry, it's already heated up for those who are already in it. And so I think there's some evidence that the finance job market is already tightening a little bit for junior bankers who are trying to move up those ranks. And we've started hearing from some junior analysts that attrition has eased up a bit. Mm-hmm. So more of their analyst class is inclined to stay at the bank as opposed to going to positions at like PE firms or VCs, mm-hmm. which are some of those more typical industries that banking analysts filter out to after their first or second year. Um, and those opportunities are starting to dry up. And so there's Junior analysts are looking to stay on as associates and beyond, and so that may start creating a bottleneck for the years to come. And now they're really pushing to see for a different set of skills as opposed to what they were maybe two or three years back. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, so on the one hand, there's an argument that you know uh, hiring fewer analysts because you're using AI narrows the talent pool that you can hire from and, and have people rise up from. uh as as a bank and then on the other hand there's an argument that um maybe it actually means you have more competition for those kind of those roles and and you have to work harder to stand out right yeah yeah okay um and then i guess you know we're, we're talking about the sort of the banking side of things like capital markets bankers syndicate bankers Coverage bankers, that kind of thing, but there's also, you know, the sales and trading and that kind of thing, right? And we heard some interesting things about sales positions during during reporting for this piece. So, what are some of the implications there? I mean, there was there was a fun anecdote in in your article around that.
1: Yeah, we ended up speaking to a banker, and they they talked about how they'd ask ChatGPT or some sort of equivalent bot to gave them a bull case for investing in private credit and then it just spat out a bunch of copy that looked almost identical to the talking points that their sales team was already sending to clients so a lot of the work again that could have been done in hours days done in seconds Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so their own sales team was like well that's the email i would send to investors those are my talking points so there's already that competition and the idea that we have to start shifting maybe the expectations that we have for workers or salespeople or whoever.
0: Yeah. It sort of raises the bar in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So bottom line, it sounds like there's a lot that AI could do for banking and investing and other parts of the financial industry. A lot of processes that it could speed up, basically a lot of efficiency that it could add. Um, But there's also a risk that the industry could lose some, I suppose you could call them traditions that uh, for better or for worse, and I'm sure a lot of people would say for worse, have been quite integral to the culture um the 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 discipline the boot camp that that kind of side of things and uh, that those traditions have provided some of the kind of glue and rigor that keeps things running relatively smoothly and kind of keeps a keeps a tight ship so to speak um and all of this sounds like potentially quite monumental change but then again so did cryptocurrency and blockchain and we all know how that's gone so far so do we want to kind of conclude with some thoughts on whether this is all real or whether we should maybe temper our expectations a bit around the implications of AI for finance? Um, yeah, I mean, William, why don't you go first? What do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not someone who's uh, sort of uh, doom and gloom about these things. I don't think uh, we're all going to be batteries for the matrix <laughs> with uh, uh, AI taking over everything. But, you know, in terms of how it, it relates to finance specifically, um you know, it, it's slow moving, especially in the bond market. Um, you know, it feels like five years ago, four years ago that we started talking about direct books, which is, uh, you know, programmed to get uh, electronic trading done for bonds, which a lot of it is still done over the phone. Um, that hasn't really taken off um, at the speed that I think a lot of people were hoping at the time. Um, you know, a lot of these things are still done, uh, personal relationships, calls, spreadsheets, um And, you know, we already have the technology that's not AI uh, to do a lot of this stuff electronically, and it hasn't taken off in that way. So, you know, I think that's a a good example of just how this is going to be slow rolled. Um, You know, financial institutions are not going to take um, risks on lying (laughs) chatbots to make their uh, multi-billion dollar financial decisions. Uh, This is going to be slow rolled, but it is coming for the industry, um, and they're definitely looking at it um and you know they're going to try and do it thoughtfully uh and you would hope so and, and we'll uh, we'd hope so and, and we'll we'll see where it goes from there but i think it's going to be a slow roll and uh y- you know they'll do it thoughtfully
0: mm-hmm. and Shubham i mean you you cover private credit right even even more relationship based than the you know the sort of broadly syndicated credit markets so i wonder i wonder what ai means for, for that industry can you just um can you can you have a chatbot make um key relationships for you
1: I mean, I guess I am very lucky that I came onto private credit when I did because I don't think that ChatGPT is taking over any of that deal making anytime soon. Um, Yeah, I would just echo what William was saying. I don't think that the threat's really there for the class of 2023, but maybe it's time for people to start actually figuring out how to use the AI, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but not too much of a threat for private credit, at least for the foreseeable future.
0: Let's hope so. Let's hope we don't don't end up as as batteries for the matrix like William said. All right. Well, we should wrap it up there for this week, but thanks, guys. Thanks so much for, uh, for joining me and, and talking me through this piece. It's great fun. Thanks for having us. Thanks. All right. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in, and please don't forget to let us know your feedback. You can always email us at team9fin.com. Don't forget to check in next week with my colleagues in London for the latest on European markets. We'll be back the week after that. So until then, as always, take care.